What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Today is Tuesday, May 25th. Yeah, 25th. I actually just made you pause for a sec. I did the 3-2-1 countdown twice because I just wanted to make sure that it was going to be the 25th and not the 26th. Um, So I opened up my Apple calendar and I was right all along. I'm Jack McMullen. That's Peter Apple. And this is the first time we are releasing Confident in our show name uh, since we made the rebrand, right? Because on Friday, we were like, what are we? And now we know we're the Just Baseball Show. We are the Just Baseball Show, and I kind of want to go over why we did the name change, because it's kind of funny. First, we started with Project the Plate. We really like that name. This podcast is about projecting players, projecting minor leaguers, college guys, projecting teams. It it, it fit the mold of exactly what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. But, and there's a huge but, we did some focus groups. Oh, yeah. We even asked Dustin Demeter, who has been on this podcast... And everyone thought it was Project the Plate. It can't be Project the Plate. How lame does that sound? Well, so it's what not we did, real. <laughs> it's not real. So what? it's not even a real sentence. So <laughs> what we did, what we did is we wanted to encapsulate exactly what we do, Jack. And what do we do? We just talk baseball. The occasional bad NBA take. My Knicks lost. Damn it. Yesterday, the Hawks. Hey, man. They're in the playoffs. Baseball. There's there's it's Knicks amazing. basketball. It was so much fun to watch, dude. There's playoff basketball at the Garden. That is sick. Uh, the, the Bulls uh, are still waiting. The Bulls are still waiting, and they might be waiting a little bit longer. But the atmosphere in Madison Square Garden last night, I haven't seen that. And I was I was even thinking too: Is Julius Randall right now a better version on the Knicks than any of the Carmelo Anthony seasons? on no. the New York Knicks. No. Didn't he win a scoring title? Is that too hot of a take? Yeah, that is. It's totally yeah. too hot of a take. He won a scoring title in New York. Like, <laughs> but I've just loved what I've seen from Randall this okay, year. Okay, yeah. So, so is everybody else. Okay, everybody else. all right, fine. 
Should we get back to baseball? No, this is the Just Basketball Show. uh, Next episode (laughs) releasing on Friday. Um, Yes, we should because, you know, a couple of uh, train stops away, you get off at Yankee Stadium. And, you know, that was, uh, I don't want first. I don't want to say a hell of a series <laughs> this past weekend. And we failed to mention in our Friday episode that Yankees White Sox at Yankee Stadium was going to be underway. That's like the Just Baseball Bowl. And I know. Uh, it's literally our Super Bowl. I, I'm pretty happy that we didn't mention it because I, that no, sucked on my it. end. That sucked. Yeah. And and the thing about the Yankees, can I just go off on the Yankees for a little bit? For sure. Because I, 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 I've been looking at some. I've been looking at this team for a while and they started off slow. The hitting was nowhere to be found. The pitching was shaky to say the least. Yep. And the defense was an utter disaster. But since April 20th, Jack McMullen, the team is 23 and nine with the best winning percentage out of any team. And this series against the White Sox was such a statement win. Do you know what the rotation did? They went 35 innings scoreless. They've won six in a row, and in those wins included a no-hitter and two walk-off wins. That's not exactly what was happening in the White Sox series. We just swept them. But Glaber Torres is starting to heat up. He's hitting 462 in his last seven games, and he's drove in eight of the total 14 runs scored in that White Sox series. And now he's bringing up his batting average from where it was in the gutter to now it's at 282. Yeah, I thought that Glaber was going to sit around 230. And, you know, I look how that turned out. Well, it, it is still it's the not end over. Of it's it's, it's May, not over. We got yeah. a lot of baseball left. We got a lot of outs to record for Mr. Torres. You're, right. You're 100% uh, correct. What I will take away from that is Andrew Vaughn took Araldis Chapman deep for his first earned run of the season. That and happen. that was sick. And that, that got me sick. so hyped up for Andrew Vaughn. Like we knew when he was at Cal, and, you know, I saw him play out in Cape Cod for a little bit before he went over to the U.S. Collegiate National Team. And by the way, did you see the Olympic qualifying roster for Team USA? It sucks. Is it bad? Who's on it? It sucks. Their, so their release graphic that they put out on social media, the guy that was featured was Matthew Liberator. Mm. I mean, he's not. Yeah, yeah but like for yeah, a team yeah. trying to win an Olympic gold medal, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. that's not good enough. Um, but, you know, Andrew Vaughn, when he was in college at Cal, when he was on the Cape League, when he was coming up, you know, he struggled a little bit in the minor leagues with you know, however many games he played in minor league baseball, which wasn't really any. Like 12. But this guy just like mashed, dude. Like he could hit the hell out of the ball. And we waited a long time to see his first career home run at the major league level. And now I think they're just going to start coming. And this is a guy that can hit 310 and can put out 25 or 30 home runs in a year. Andrew Vaughn's going to be really exciting. Aside from the Yankees who are, you know, I I don't even know if we can say the hottest team or the second hottest team in baseball because we got to get into one and two. It's crazy. Let's can I ask start. you one question before yeah, we go sure. on? Yes. You watch, you've seen Spencer Torkelson a lot. Yeah. Spencer Torkelson or Andrew Vaughn for the next like, 10 years? I like Andrew Vaughn for the next I 10 years. I knew you would because I think I'm in that boat too. I wasn't in that boat until I saw him start playing a really solid left field an average left field. I don't think Torkelson can do that. And I think, you know, I, I watched Spencer Torkelson's first couple of starts at third base and he was good. I mean, he's got an arm and he had pretty solid range, but with 
Andrew Vaughn, I just feel like there's a lot more defensive versatility, and I don't think I there's a crazy big drop-off with the bat. So I think Torque probably just moves over to first base and just so. is a good first baseman. Yeah. But I think Andrew Vaughn is going to be more versatile. I think they're probably going to deliver similar offensive seasons, but with the versatility from Vaughn, I would just prefer him. And he's already up in the bigs, and he hit his first home – or not his first home run, the first run given up by Chapman, who's – I mean, he's still at zero four five. Still right. the best reliever in baseball. And if Torque's best season is going to be thirty homers, one hundred and five RBIs, Vaughn might be twenty five and eighty five. Yeah, exactly. Which and isn't I, that far I, assume, off. I think Vaughn's going to hit for a higher average. I agree. I yes. agree. I think I the average you will be. You know more than I. Twenty to thirty points higher is, I think, what you can expect Vaughn to be at. Um, let's talk Tampa Bay because mm. they are dominating with a third of the payroll that the Yankees are. It's crazy what they're doing. I mean, all they've done is win since they've traded their starting shortstop and they didn't call up the best prospect in years. Like they know what they're doing at a level that nobody else in major league baseball knows. I mean, this team just let Blake Snell and Charlie Morton just walk. And then they now in this season right now, they've won 11 a row while averaging 8.6 runs per game, while hitting 24 home runs in that span. And as a team, they're hitting almost 300 and are 17-5 and five so far in May and sit at the top of the AL East, despite having a payroll, like you said, ranks 26th at $63 million. That's, I mean, the Yankees that's are basically stupid paying love. Stanton $63 million. The Yankees sit at $201 million. It's a lot of money. 63 is not a lot of money at all. That's a crazy low number. That's an insanely low number. The Padres are doing it with a different type of payroll, and it's a lot higher than we've come to expect from San Diego. They're so loaded. They're so loaded, and they're not faltering at all right now. No. And everybody that we thought was going to falter, you Darvish, right? Like, we had him as an honorable mention in in our top 10 starting We got roasted. We got (laughs) roasted because... You know, this guy's been so hot and cold throughout his entire career. And then he decided, you know what? Like, now that I'm in San Diego, I'm just going to scrap the cold part. Let's I'm just going to be together. good. <laughs> of course. God. And I think one one stat that I really want to go over, and we just made a TikTok because I was getting very upset with the people who were hating on Fernando Tatis, calling him overrated. Similar to people calling LeBron James overrated. I'm not yeah. comparing LeBron and Tatis. But I am saying that there's a stigma of just making fun of really good athletes, calling them overrated without any substance. So I'd like to provide some substance for the people that think Fernando Tatis Jr. is overrated. Yep. Career slugging leaders in all of baseball history with a minimum of 500 at-bats. I'm going to go through the ranks right now. Babe Ruth is number one. Ted Williams is number two. Lou Gehrig is number three. Jimmy Fox is number four. Barry Bonds is number five. Fernando Tatis Jr. is number six, Hank Greenberg at seven, Mark McGuire at eight, Manny Ramirez at nine, Mike Trout at 10. If you think that Fernando Tatis Jr. is overrated, I said this on the TikTok, you aren't watching baseball correctly, and I don't want to hear about his errors. He's 22 years old, Jack. He was born in 1999. My little sister was born in 1999. I was born in 1997. She's not Fernando Tatis Jr., yeah, you're not Fernando. Crazy. Um, what I will say about Fernando is you're not comparing him to LeBron James. I'm comparing Fernando Tatis Jr. to Steph Curry. 
because I like, oh okay yeah i think you know exactly where i'm going with this mm-hmm. right changing the game yeah so many people are growing up now wanting to be steph because they can't replicate 68 240 that lebron is but they can you know try and replicate the god given abilities that steph has to shoot the basketball fernando has not only changed the game he is who pisses people off Love Steph it. Curry's game pisses people off. And my final comparison between Steph and Nando is those two are better than any other in sport at meeting the moment. When mm. you've got the bases loaded, Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to come up and fucking mash a baseball. He's clutch too. You're right. You're right. Steph Curry. I think Fernando Tatis Jr. is clutcher than Steph Curry. I mean, there's in the in the play on games, Steph Curry. I think what he averaged thirty eight in those right. whatever. But I'm just gonna say there's there's nobody in baseball that meets the moment like Fernando Tatis Jr. He will never ground into a double play with the bases loaded. Never. Never. Like he might have done it once or twice so far in his career, but that is not something. It feels like it's more likely that he goes dead center for a grand slam than bounce one for an RBI ground out to short. He's the most exciting player to watch in baseball, maybe outside of like Trout and Acuna. I'm not ranking him third out of everyone, but in terms of excitement, I think he's right up there with, with everybody. And before we re- break into our top 10 catchers, which is going to be awesome, by the way, I do, we do need to shout out two hitters on the Cincinnati Reds right now because okay. I saw a crazy stat on Twitter. Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos for the Cincinnati Reds are the first pair of teammates to hit at least 350 through their first 45 games since Derek Jeter and Jorge Posada did it, it back in 2007. That's 14 years. The league batting average that season in 2007 was 268 versus in 2021, it's 236. So even with the batting average being down, these guys are figuring it out. Shout out Jesse Winker. Shout out Nick Cassianos. If the Reds end up, being okay, I, I doubt they sell them. But if they start to tank, those two are huge trade targets. Is Jesse Winker the front runner for NL MVP right now, or is it Cunha, or is it Tatis? It's a good question. I, I don't know. I think it still should be Acuna. Yeah, because we're also. I mean, with is Winker going to hit three fifty for the rest of the year? Probably not. Probably not. But could Acuna go forty forty? Yes, probably. I think it's more likely that Acuna goes 40-40 than Winker hits above 330. Interesting. And then if he does that, it's over. My quick shout out before we get into the top 10 catchers is the guy who's probably with Trout being on the mend leading the AL MVP vote right now Mm -hmm. if there was going to be a vote. And you put some money down on this guy. Vladdy Jr. is... You know, you've got Trout, Acuna, Tatis. Vladdy Jr. is right there in the top five most exciting players to watch in baseball. And Vladdy can just hit the shit out of the ball. He He, went 461. We're recording on Monday. Went 461, 117 off the bat. What? Stupid. He's like, what, 21, 22 years old? You know, he's hitting 330. His WRC Plus is at 192. And this is a guy who you'd expect to have some strikeouts early, you know, 
Not not him, though. He's just built a little bit different. He's walking more than he's striking out. That's as, crazy. I, I mean, I, I hate to do this, but I have to look up his age because I don't want to get it wrong. I He's 22 years old. He was, all, he was born two months after Tatis. What? That's stupid. I'm older than him, dude. You're older than him. It's depressing, but it's also the sickest thing ever. It's so cool. It's so cool. Let's get into our top 10 catchers because this is a depleted position. So we can feel a little bit better about ourselves because the baseline of like five, six, seven in the catcher ranks is a lot lower than a lot of other positions. Mm -hmm. Catcher is one of the thinner positions right now. And there are a lot of really good catchers coming through systems right now. Mm -hmm. Adley Rutschman looks crazy good. Joey Bart looks crazy good. You know, he, there are a bunch of guys that are going to be impact catchers in two, three years that aren't here yet. Shea Langliers, um, mm-hmm. William Contreras is going to pan out with Atlanta. You know that. But we're looking at top 10 right now. And before we do that, obviously, we cheat just like with the starting pitchers. Every time. Honorable mentions. Let's do it. Let's do it. Should I roll? You want me to roll through the honorable mentions or you want to roll through? I, I like how you got, kind of do it. I like your voice. Yeah, man, I can do it. <laughs> That's so right, sweet. Cool. <laughs> uh, I work on it. You do. Uh, our first honorable mention, Victor Caratini. 106 OPS plus. He's caught two no hitters in less than a year. So it's hard to leave him off defensively. Already got the best war of his career. Victor Caratini is a huge piece of what the Padres are doing right now. And he's a switch hitter. I mm-hmm. love switch hitters. Sean Murphy, another honorable mention. This was a guy that we really wanted to sneak into the top 10, but it just didn't make sense for him to sneak into the top 10. He's super encouraging, right? The strikeout numbers are high. He just, and he gets on base a lot. His OBP is over hundred points higher than his average. And he's one of the best catchers in baseball, actually at buying his pitchers, the outside strike to right-handers. So when he's working across the zone, he's sticking that, a lot better than a lot of other catchers by pitch framing metrics. So there's that with Sean Murphy, Mike Zanino, <laughs> Mike Zanino raking, used, raking. And he used to be out the, of nowhere, the butt of every joke, Mike Zanino, when he first came up with Seattle, but with Zanino Statcast has him as the second best pitch framer in all of baseball, only behind the Rangers, Jose Trevino. And he leads all catchers with 11 home runs, but Oh my God, does he strike out? He's not yeah. going to stop striking out. Yeah, he'll probably never stop striking out. And that's the thing with Mike Zunino is he's in our honorable mentions, but if if he was in our honorable mentions last year, people would call us insane. Yeah. So that's the problem with doing this in May is that, well, it's also great that we're doing it right now, but the problem with doing it now is does this hold up? And I could yeah. still see him having a decent offensive season um, for – for the team, but like, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yep. Tucker Barnhart, another honorable mention. He's hitting 278. Like, how is Tucker Barnhart hitting 278? And that sounds super mediocre, but like for Tucker Barnhart, that's great. That's great. Uh, and he's such a good defender. Yeah, he's one of the guys where you know the offensive numbers are a fluke, but you know, he's amazing defensively. And because we're putting this together on May 25th, he's gotta be an honorable mention. And Has then this was a guy that you threw in. I really don't feel strongly about him at all, but Jacob Stallings, you can pitch him. He's, you know, he's, he's <laughs> pretty good. He's, he's pretty good. Right now he's hitting 248 
with a 356 on base. That's why I really like him. He gets on base a ton. He has a 13.6% walk rate, 123 WRC plus. And he, I think he's in what top 10 in defensive war right now as well for the pirates. And I just felt that the pirates won't get a guy in the top 15 of any position in all of our ranks. So we had to throw the Pirates people some bones. But also, I do think he deserves to be in our honorable mentions. Hey, man, Richard Rodriguez certainly would have been in the top 10 uh, if we extended to top five, uh, to top 10 from top five. I agree. That's true. Um, and we can't sleep on Brian Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, we can't. We can sleep on Brian Reynolds. Adam Frazier leads the league in hits for the Pirates. Hey. That's a stat. Yeah, just wait. Well, I probably it. won't last, but it's a stat. Yeah. Uh, all right. You want to break into the top 10? Well, you got number 10. Yeah, I'll do it if you give me the okay. I'm giving you the okay, brother. Thanks, man. The number 10 best catcher in baseball is the Boston Red Sox, Christian Vasquez. 2019 was the year that kind of put him on the map, right? With 23 bombs at 276 as a batting average. Guy hit 283 in 2020, granted shortened season, but 283. The average, yeah, right? The average has fallen to around 260, but this is just one of those guys that has this rare combination of like offensive production in a non-traditional way for catchers and this defensive prowess that's among the tops at the position. So this is the first year he's actually been below the league average in terms of throwing base dealers out, but not by much. It's like one or 2% lower and super small sample size in late May. He's still well above average defensively. And the guy is always going to hit for a high clip. He's always going to hit for a high clip. And he's one of those guys, even with the double, kind of going into the mud a little bit. No one's hitting doubles anymore. He's one of those guys who always seems to do that. And in terms of like the defensive war stats, like yeah. he's always in the top one, top two in the league. He's one of the best defenders. He has to be a top 10 guy. So that'll bring us to our number nine catcher in baseball is Yasmani Grandal of the Chicago White Sox. Grandal is having one of the weirdest seasons we've ever seen. He's only hitting 141 this year in terms of his batting average, but he's fifth and on base out of all catchers at nearly 400. That's the greatest discrepancy between average and on base percentage since Barry Bonds. Seriously? And it's, it's, it's obvious, but I don't see him hitting below 200 this year. He has a scary low batting average on balls in play of 122 and is in the 97th percentile in hard hit rate and average exit velocity. That's a classic story of a guy making loud outs and getting really, really unlucky. Yeah. And even though he's striking out just, he's striking out a quarter of the time, he's seriously still walking more than he's striking out. It's incredible. And Grendahl has always been an elite defender, but a lack of playing time has hurt his counting stats on defense. But on a per game basis, he's still one of the elite defenders in baseball. He ranks a little bit lower on our list at number nine because due to splitting time with Zach Collins, who's played 22 uh, games so far, and Grendahl has played 32. So I think we're seeing a little bit of a timeshare there in Chicago, but I think Grendahl has to make our top 10, even though he's hitting 141. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you look at that clip and you're like, how the hell is he a top 10 catcher right now? This is based on the past. And like, it is, part of it is. Part of it is. Also, like, yeah, the OBP is not bad at all. It's really so, good. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Um, yeah, I for some reason, the White Sox have have just kind of lucked into really good backup catchers. They like have. with James McCann. Yeah. Um, 
he hit 330 the year before Grandall came over. And now Zach Collins is good. And I don't think anybody was expecting that Zach Collins was going to be good. Zach but, Collins caught a no-hitter. Yeah, he caught a no-hitter. No kind of crazy. Uh, we're staying in the division for number eight. The eighth best catcher in baseball is Kansas City's Salvador Perez. I did not think I would be saying Sal Perez's name uh, in 2021. But this guy's a six-time All-Star. He's got five gold gloves. He's got three silver sluggers, including one in 2020. 280 at the plate with a position leading 27 ribbies is no fluke at all for Sal Perez. He's been a hitter. He'll stay a hitter. His average exit velo at age 31 is a career high, as is his hard hit rate. The defensive numbers are are slipping from his standards, so he's only throwing runners out at a 10% clip better than the league average, which uh, I'm saying only sarcastically. The framing numbers are not good anymore, but keep hitting, man. Keep hitting. He hits, and the framing numbers, I like to see that with new catchers that I haven't seen a lot from. But when we're dealing with Salvador Perez, I don't put a lot of merit into that because when it comes down to it, it's still Salvador Perez. He still commands a pitching staff so well. So I don't put a ton of stock into that, but you are correct in your, in your assessment. Hey, Andy's got a brand new staff he's working with right now with like some guys. Yeah. All these guys coming up. The number seven best catcher in baseball is Omar Narvaez of the Milwaukee Brewers. Yes, he is. The Brewers have found a gem in Narvaez after playing a few seasons with the White Sox and the Mariners. Right now, he's hitting 330 with an OPS of 885, and he's cut his strikeout percentage almost in half from a shortened COVID season. Reason why he's not ranked a little bit higher is his batting average on balls in play is, uh, is really high. It's at 382. So we should expect that average to regress closer to the 275 mark that he put up for three straight seasons from 2017 to 2019. And although he's having a great start to the season offensively, no doubt about it, the defense is what makes Navarro so valuable for the Brewers. Since 2020, he's second in defensive war. And this season, he's ranked fifth in defensive war, seventh in pitch framing metrics, while also last year being the best pitch framer in baseball. He's been incredibly instrumental in managing this Brewers incredible pitching staff this year, which always goes so highly underrated. And he's also just 29 years old. I thought Omar Narvaez was 35. I thought he was 40. <laughs> yeah. He plays like he's 40. But uh, he plays well. Yeah, and he's he our seventh well. best catcher in baseball. Sixth best is also within the division. I mean, you keep setting me up perfectly, man. Wilson Contreras. You. Yeah, thank you. Wilson Contreras is the sixth best cat. Wilson Contreras. <laughs> I might include the fart noise in this uh, <laughs> podcast, actually. Not for TikTok, though. Wilson Contreras is the sixth best catcher in baseball for the Chicago Cubs. I mean, this guy's arm is like stupidly strong. He's among the top catchers in baseball in pop time, in throwing velocity on runners trying to steal on him in the last five years. And like he uses his athleticism and his arm in like such a fun way with all the backpick attempts and everything like that. He's a freak athlete. He's one of the fastest catchers in the game per sprint speed. And the walk and hit numbers get him on base to like use that sprint speed. He's one of the three catchers with multiple stolen bases. How about that? And the other two guys are, are on this list. He's among, he, or he's second among catchers with 22 RBIs as of Monday, the 24th. 
And to be honest, man, he's a fascinating trade chip and is definitely better than Javi Baez right now. Because with the way Bryant's hitting, if the Cubs have to blow it up, Bryant is obviously the most attractive guy. I'd say after that, Craig Kimbrell, because he's having this renaissance. And I think this is the final year of Kimbrell's contract. Uh, It it just kind of makes sense. And it feels like that Chapman deal from the Yankees to the Cubs to win the 2016 World Series. You know, like, say the Padres, say Melanson falls off a cliff. Like, I'm expecting him to, (laughs) you know. Honestly, kind of. Yeah, maybe go get Kimbrell. Right now, I'm racking my brain thinking about which contender could really use a catcher right now. Um, I go through the Dodgers, they don't. I go through the White Sox, they don't. I go through the Yankees, they do. So let's break into our number five. The number five catcher in baseball is Yadier Molina of the St. Louis Cardinals. Molina is having one of the best offensive seasons to date thus far at the grand old age of 38 years old. This season, he's hitting 282 with an OPS at 865. And he's been one of the most underrated catchers of all time in, in the hitting department. Everybody knows about his defense. But he's never been a high exit below guy or a guy hitting mammoth home runs. But he surpassed 2,000 hits for his career. And that ranks him fifth all time out of all catchers. And I love this quote from A.J. Ellis, longtime catcher, played with the Dodgers, and is now working with the San Diego Padres. I felt like it summed it up perfectly. Hitting in its most simplest form is about problem solving. And Yachty is maybe the most elite problem solver in our sport. Yachty's ability to control a pitching staff is still unmatched in this league. And that's, like we said, one of the most underrated aspects of being a catcher. If I needed Jack McMullen, if I needed one game to win right now, my starting catcher is Yadier Molina. And I know he's fifth. I know he's fifth. Yeah. But if I need one game, I still think it's Yachty. I think so too. My mind is like racking all over the place. Like, who am I going with? Our number one guy is pretty good. Yeah, but I I still think I'm going with Yachty just because he he has turned all these bullpen pieces into his best friend, it feels like. Like, he knows exactly what's happening with all these guys. And the fact that he can catch Jordan Hicks at 102 in the eighth and then Alex Reyes in that curveball in the ninth. And, you know, by the way, throw in Gallegos and Cabrera. Like, he plays every day at 38. He's crazy, man. I love him. He can go from Wainwright to Jordan Hicks in the span of an inning. Like, that's crazy. And, and does it beautifully. Does it beautifully. Graceful. Another guy who, you know, now that I'm racking my brain about who I would want in a one-game, like, wild card type format, you know, this is the runner-up. Yeah. Buster Posey's the runner-up, and Buster Posey is the fourth-best catcher in baseball right now. Posey's hitting 355 with an OPS nearing 1,100. In 2012, when he was a 25-year-old MVP, he led the NL in batting average at 336 and OPS plus at 171. He's bettering both of those numbers by 20 points or better. He will regress a bit farther to me. He absolutely will. But of his nine full seasons in Major League Baseball prior to this, not hampered by injury, and I'm counting full season as when he's played 100 100 or more games. 
he's finished as a below average hitter once. And that was in 2019. So in 19, everybody thought that they saw the writing on the wall with him. And I thought that the writing was on the wall with Buster Posey. He's clearly proving that it isn't. And that was just a fluke year. And he is, hear me out. He is the single biggest factor as to why the Giants are winning as many games as they are. 100% agree. And the thing with Posey, do you remember when he, his leg got crushed, crushed and then he had to battle back as a catcher? It's going to be tough for the rest of your career. That wasn't just an, a regular injury to the leg. His leg got crushed. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's Buster Posey. He's just a little bit smarter than us. And that's yeah. why he's at four. Yeah. The third best catcher in baseball is Carson Kelly of the Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> Have you seen the start to the season that Carson Kelly is having? Kelly was a standout catching prospect after getting drafted in the second round to the Cardinals, but was traded to Arizona in that Paul Goldschmidt trade. Yep. The change of scenery might be exactly what Kelly needed. This season, he's hitting 338 with an absurd 491, 491 on base percentage and slugging 613, which are all at least top two for the number four guy, Buster Posey. He's really starting to tap into that power potential already with six home runs and four doubles. Another huge area of improvement is his discipline at the plate. He's walking more than he's striking out and swinging less in general, waiting for the perfect pitch to drive, and it's working. He's already an above-average defender. He's ranked 12th in defensive war this season among all catchers, and in general from 2019, he has pretty solid numbers across the board. Carson Kelly is just 26 years old and actually could be an all-star for the Arizona Diamondbacks this year, probably their only all-star, unless Cattell Marte starts turning it up a little bit. Arizona sucks. Yeah, they're not that good. They suck. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not just that they're not that good. I mean, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks in that division are terrible. Yeah. And that's going really to inflate the crap out of the Dodgers, Padres, and Giants win totals. It with totally Zach Gallen going down with an injury, they don't really have anybody. And David Peralta, I guess, is a good trade piece for anyone out there who needs a lefty outfielder. New York Yankees, I'm talking to you. <laughs> He's... You know, it's really hard to find anything good about the Diamondbacks right now, but Carson Kelly is a huge factor there. Yeah, they got some guys coming up too. Seth Beer, Alec yeah. Thomas, those guys are a solid enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a huge gap between two and one on this list, and there's not a huge gap between 10 through two. Seriously. But the best of the rest is Will Smith with the LA Dodgers. It's crazy what this guy's doing. I mean, it came out of, I don't want to say nowhere because he was a first round pick, but like you had a feeling that he was going to be pretty solid and the Dodgers, you know, their lineup made total sense except for that catcher spot for a couple of years. And then Will Smith comes along and just sures the hell out of that thing up. And he's turned himself into the second best catcher in all of baseball because defensively he has gone from bad to average. And with how good the offensive numbers are, you will take an average defensive catcher with the Dodgers any day of the week. Offensively, there is not a catcher that you want more. I'm serious. There's not a catcher you want more. Sorry, JT. <laughs> oh, I get it. 
Will Smith is not arbitration eligible until 2023. So in his 128-career games to this point, tiny sample size, I know, but like that's how we're talking with Tatis too. He's up two, a 271 batting average, a 366 on base percentage, a 915 OPS, 28 homers, 84 RBIs, less than 100 strikeouts. Pretty much nobody else on this list can say that they strike out less than Will Smith. And a war of 4.4 in 128 games. If I'm starting a team this instant, whether it be in MLB The Show, a fantasy keeper league, or you know, someone hands me the keys to the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, <laughs> I have my pick of the litter at the catcher position. This is so easy. I get to hold on to this beast of a bat until 2026 before he goes and makes his $80 million? Yes, please. I totally agree. And our number one guy is better, but I totally agree with you. If we're picking one catcher to start right now for the next five, 10 years, it has to be Will Smith. Has to and be. I don't even think it's really close. I don't think it's that close. I think the only guy that could contend with that is in the minor leagues right now, Adley Rutschman. Good point, Jack McMullen. You're probably right, which Thanks. is crazy. Did you see his home run yesterday? Yeah, Moon a tank, shot. a tank. Moonshot. And switch hitter, he's going to be insane. But the number one catcher in baseball is JT Romuto of the Philadelphia Phillies. He's been the best ba- catcher in baseball for the past few years, and he doesn't really have any true challengers at this point. Since 2019, first in average, fifth in on-base percentage, first in slugging, third in home runs, first in RBIs, third in WRC+. Plus. First in offensive war, first in defensive war, first in overall war. Real Muto is such a good athlete. He actually ranks above guys like Javi Baez, Bo Bichette, and Tim Anderson in sprint speed this year. That's crazy. Always a top-ranked pitch framer, even though this year he's towards the middle of the pack. But that'll improve as the season goes on. We're not worried about JT Ramuto at all. Also, speaking about an athlete, one of the best arms in baseball, registering the best pop time of any catcher in 2019, the last time they tracked the stat at 1.89 on Baseball Savant, continues to show off the rocket of an arm this season. This season, he's hitting almost 300 with a 400 on base percentage and continues to prove why JT Ramuto right now is the best catcher in baseball. Yeah, I, there is no question. It's, it's a lot like the starting pitcher list that we put together, right? Everybody's yeah. fighting for two. And do you, think, do you think people are going to disagree with Will Smith at two? Because I, I think there's honestly kind of no debate there. But we uh, also talked about Kelly. We had a conversation before about Carson Kelly, about how good of a season he's having. And I, th- we, I think we both think he's for real. Yeah, totally. But I just think it has to be Will Smith. He. Since he came into the league, he, he only hits. Yeah, I think, I think uh, the problem that a lot of people were, will have with this is how low Sal Perez is at eight. Mm. Um, and I think that w- w- when people see 140 on the batting average for Yasmani Grandal, they'll say, how the hell is he a top 10 catcher? Um, I think that's where the problems will lie. Uh, he, you know, it's it's ballsy to put Will Smith and Carson Kelly ahead of Buster Posey and Yadi Molina. It just is. It's but a little ballsy. We're ballsy. 
dude. We're ballsy. We, we are courageous. Uh, I just want to I'm shout Buck out one Weston. more catcher. Wait, hold on. I'm doing a kicking and screaming bit. All right, let's I'm do it. Buck Weston, and we've got balls. We got balls. <laughs> and vitamins. <laughs> I um I just ran out of my CMOS pills. Guys, take your vitamins. <laughs> CMOS. I, I think this is real. I'm not totally positive. It's a placebo. I think you're, it might be a placebo. I think your body needs 112 minerals in a day. Is that a real thing? I don't know. I heard it on a commercial. And <laughs> 112 minerals in a day. And CMOS provides 109 of them. I feel like a rock star when I take my CMOS. We got to start getting these ads, man. We got to. <laughs> yeah. We need we, a CMOS ad. God, I can't wait till we get like a whey protein on, even though I'm just scrawny as shit. Like, <laughs> hey, don't don't do that to yourself. Yeah, it is. But a I hot do want to shout summer. out. Can I shout out one? Yeah, you went yeah. for a jog today. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Do, you, do you know uh, there's one catcher I need to shout out? Okay. Francisco Mejia has okay. figured it out in Tampa. He's not all the way there yet, but where he was with the Padres getting drafted by the Indians, he kind of looked like this guy. Everyone was just trading, and everyone's like, yeah, he might be a bust. The Rays are just, I, they're so terrifying as a Yankee fan. So terrifying because the Rays, not only are they at the top of the division, but they don't look like they're slowing down. And whenever the Yankees play them, they can't beat them. The Blue Jays just got swept. The Red Sox can't beat them. So they're really good inside their division, which will play a role deep down in September and in October. And I could, I don't, I still think the Yankees win the division but I would not want to play the Rays in the playoffs. And I really do think they're going to be a playoff team. I agree. I wouldn't agree at the beginning, but I agree now. So, and it's not even, I, it's not even a momentum thing. Their lineup is stacked. Like their bullpen is stacked. Their rotation, it, as it doesn't seem stacked, it somehow is. Do you think Wander and Bruhan are up by the end of the year? I think if Wander isn't up, then why the hell did you trade Adonis? Bruhan, I'm not as up to date on Bruhan's development as probably you are or Aram or a lot of people in our Just Baseball group. Um, I've heard that he's raking. As as concise as I can be, he's mashing in AAA. Yeah, not surprised. If you're mashing in AAA and you're 21 years old, like people are going to be calling for you to make the jump. What when do you think he makes it up this year? I think it Wander has to make it up. Wander has to. Um, yeah. I think they hold Bruhan down for a year so they can just milk the hell out of his service time. That's probably how it's gonna be. Yeah. So that's that, man. Hey, enjoy California and uh we'll talk. It was to nice the- being here. Yeah, I'm sure, man. Uh Santa Barbara. Did you see Dustin this past weekend? No, Dustin is playing at Cal Poly this next weekend over Memorial Day, his yeah. last college series ever. I'm just so excited to watch the dude hit. He, he's one of those guys, Dustin Demmer, third baseman, shortstop, plays everywhere for University of Hawaii, sitting over 300 right now. He's one of those guys that, you know, you put the ball in front of him, he, he gets in a rhythm, and you can't really get him out. No pitcher can really get him out. But he'll go through some slow streaks, and then once he's hot, he's the most – he's one of the best hitters I've ever seen, like, in person at, at our age. He really is. He was um, National Player of the Week earlier this year. National Player of the Week. And he was even featured in The Athletic, which is very cool. But, guys, go follow us on Twitter. I'm at PeterApple23. That's Jack underscore McMullen11. Go check us out on TikTok at JustBaseballFans. On Instagram, at JustBaseballFans. 
Remember, guys, this is the Just Baseball Show now. We will be having Arm and Jack on every Sunday. Jack and I will still do Tuesdays and Fridays. And then I think that we're going to have a couple more episodes sprinkled in, which I'm very excited to explain once they happen. But it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be all season. That's that, man. We'll talk to them on Friday. Have a good week. Thank you, everybody. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.